0: Every single day, over and over, I was brutalized. I became a human toilet because of your expert opinion. Well, you will never point the finger of blame at anyone ever again. Ah! You were never as good as they said you were, Mr. Rhyme. I played you. I tested you. I gave you every clue. You and your little helper couldn't save those people. Their blood is on your hands. You failed. You failed, you fuck. Game of chess, Mr. Rhyme. Some people win, some people lose. I win, Mr. Rhyme. I win, you lose. What kind of vegetable would you like to be, Mr. Rhyme? A carrot? How about a zucchini?
1: Zucchini? You wanna be a zucchini?
0: how I'm sorry, I didn't hear you say welcome to part two of our bone collector episode but before we go into real talk it's time for pp our patron pitch this is where we let our patrons know what they can expect in their exclusive patron feed and we let non-patrons know what they're missing out on alex we are going to have a very special announcement about the uh, the patron channel uh towards the end of this pp segment so that's consider that a tease all of you listening uh, it's good <laughs> stuff don't worry it's nothing bad um but first <laughs> we're gonna talk about the things that we have on the patron channel at the beginning of 2023 um i figured i wanted to organize them a different way you know new new year new new way of doing the pp um so for people that are on the on the ground floor the 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 opening tier uh those of you who are basically on the Travolti's tier uh you're gonna get all the kind of roof floor stuff not just from this month but from last month because I'm I'm a little behind on collecting all that stuff but trust me there's there's a lot of stuff that they make it to the to the episodes on the main feed so you're gonna get all that stuff sometimes they have to do with the episodes sometimes it's just tangents that we went on uh, we go also, off sometimes yeah yeah I mean and sometimes we do it knowingly uh just recently, we had what were we talking about? Oh, the Wake and Fright episode. There's about, I don't know, seven, eight, nine minutes of you and I talking about just times when we drank so much that we got sick. Uh, <laughs>
1: I forgot about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's It was, I was like, is this too gross? And then one of our patrons, I think it was Paul. He was like, more of this, please. <laughs> like, I don't know that we want to open that box. But anyway, you get that. And you also get access to all our bonus episodes. Every every month we have at least one bonus episode, usually picked by one of you. Uh, so this month, Ben has picked up the movie The Negotiator, which is... Uh, an, I was going to say an old. It's not old, but it's, um, it's kind of like an older movie featuring... Uh, Samuel Jackson and Christopher Plummer. He asked if it would be something that we would be interested in doing. He was very he he wasn't forcing us to do it the way that he forced us to do that uh, Sex in the City episode a while ago. Um, he was just like, "What do you guys think about that?" And I said, "I think that uh, Alex will be okay with it because I know I am." Uh, Paul
1: Giamatti's in it. There you go.
0: Always, always a good thing. But yeah, I mean. Uh, Samuel, Samuel Jackson and Christopher Plummer—you don't see that every day. Not of them, not them working together. So that will be there as as part of your uh, patron feed. Now, if you are on the Win Honest tier and up, you also get access to our pre-recording notes. Uh, we get access—you get access to our QVRs. This month, Brandon Curtis, patron Brandon Curtis, is picking the QVRs, and he gave us a list of movies, and he's like, "You guys pick." <laughs> All of those movies are movies I'd never even heard of. Uh, Unsurprisingly for you and anybody who's been following the Patreon channel for a while, they're Indian movies. So, Brandon, we're going to do a little bit of research. Alex and I are going to sit down and look over the options and look at runtimes and and subject matter and, and amount of musical numbers and... We'll get back to you by next episode. We'll we'll determine which QVRs, which movies are getting the QVR treatment, the quick video review treatment. But that's also going to be happening. And then, of course, we have Contrarians After Hours. Uh, that's the spin-off show where we talk about other things that we've been watching, reading, listening to, playing, thinking about. Um uh, Alex we we have a a very appropriate after hours I think to to open 2023
1: yeah I think we discussed off air that our plan for our first after hours is uh discussing our respective holidays what we did where we went who we saw what we celebrated uh maybe what we got I I got a few cool gifts to discuss as well but I think both you and I did some substantial traveling last month and uh, we haven't really caught up on that so we're gonna be catching up with each other and also, uh, you know, for the benefit of our patrons, I guess, if they want to hear about our trips. Uh, for me, it was just back to Vegas and uh, around Texas a little bit for yourself. You left the fucking continent.
0: I did. I did. And it wasn't even uh, – oh, I mean, obviously, it was planned in the sense that it's not like we decide on a whim one day, hey, let's go to Barcelona for Christmas. But um, but it was certainly something that I was not expecting when 2022 started. But I, it was uh, – a. It was a very intense trip, a very lovely experience. Went with my wife and my mother to visit family in Barcelona. And uh, yeah, I actually have like a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, some of it might be movie related. I'll tell you about some things that I uh, kind of read or watched and I was aware of while I was there. But overall, it's going to be more along the lines of when you tell us about your, your Vegas trips, which is you doing all sorts of things that don't really fit with the... On the main feed. But on the patron feed, they're just right. So that'll be your after hours. What Alex and I did during the Christmas break. Now, here comes the big announcement for patrons. So as we record this, it's January 4th. If you're a patron of any tier on January 4th, right now you're listening to it and you're a patron. uh, Okay, congrats. Because... Regardless of the tier, you're gonna get to give us a movie to do on Dipfeed. Uh, we've been doing this patron thing for a little over two years now, and Alex and I felt that it was it would be fun to do this kind of a, a as a as a thank you to all of you who are who have stuck around. Start thinking about them. Message me uh, or Alex with your picks. We will schedule them at some point this year. Um uh, we're just going to basically see how they fit with the rest of the things that we're doing, but but they will get done in the fiscal year of 2023. <laughs> you just let us know, you know, the, the, the minimum uh, requirements, you know, make sure it's streaming in the US and uh, make sure that it fits, you know, it's either fresh or rotten on the tomato meter. Uh, if there's something you really want us to do and it doesn't quite fit that criteria, talk to us, we'll see if we can figure something out. But um, I'll be also reaching out to you Individually, just kind of to remind you if I haven't heard from you, but hey, that's that's a lot of patron picks. So, basically, I think the way that's going to affect our our schedule going forward, Alex, is that instead of doing uh, you know, us picking two episodes out of the three of the month and then the third episode is a patron episode, instead, it's going to be two patron episodes every month and then the third one is something that we pick. That seems like a, a fair trade off, or maybe yeah. there'll be a month where we do all three patron picks depending on how you know what they throw at us. We um, can mix it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our show. We can do whatever we want. Uh, now, what happens to those patrons that already, you're already in a tier where you were already giving us patron picks. You're like, well, what changes for me? Do I get anything? And I'll say, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so if you were already giving us picks for the, for the main feed, this is what Alex and I are going to do for you. We're going to do a dual quick video review. You just throw the movie at us. In this case, it doesn't have to be, rotten or fresh it can be whatever you want uh and we will do something very similar to uh the way that we did the well the way that we do the the facebook videos that are also on our youtube channel or uh, when we did the lawnmower man episode where you'll see both of us on video but they'll have the quick video review format which means that alex and i will talk about the movie before we start watching it then we'll watch the first half separately we'll come back record a second segment halfway through the movie where we discuss the movie up till then we'll go off watch the rest of the movie and then come back for a third segment where we uh, talk about the movie in general so it's a quick video review but the two of us are doing it at the same time so it should be fun and uh and i think that there's a lot of you that throw movies to the main feed that haven't done a quick video review yet so it's a good chance to kind of get you to try that hopefully everybody's excited about this as i am as i'm (laughs) explaining it (laughs) I, I can just see a bunch of patrons just scratching their heads they want us to do what don't worry we'll i'll reach out i'll get some pics out of you and then we'll arrange our schedule but be excited if you're a patron then you get to do that now if you're a patron after january 4th we'll just wait till next time we do this <laughs> i can't promise because we already have a, a, a enough patrons that i think that this is is going to take us a, a, a while to go through all the movies that they are going to throw at us but excited to see that um uh, Congratulations, by the way, to our newest patron who made this deadline, uh, Dale Bridges. And if that name sounds familiar, that's because that's the author of The Mean Reds. Uh, I guess he liked the fact that I liked his book enough that he like, sure, why not? I'll become a patron. Maybe he, he just wanted I, – I sent him a, a a copy of the file of me reading those passages of his book on the patron channel. And uh, I guess he liked it. He was like, oh, that's what's happening on their patron channel. I'll, I'll join. But uh, welcome, Dale. Outstanding. They'll, yeah, thank yeah. you. Happy to have you. Now, if you want to be like Dale and all our other cool patrons, just go to patreon.com slash Contrarian Prime. Check our tiers and join the Contrarian Supplements.
1: $1, $3, $5, and $10 are our respective tiers. And for, you know, uh, the usual amenities that comes with, those are laid out. And Julio just kind of, for you all currently there, you got your updated terms and conditions. But... That doesn't mean that you can't join if you haven't already. There's still plenty of shit on there for you to enjoy. Uh, Depending on the tier, you still request a movie from us and a quick video review. It gives you access to all the way back to our Blue is the Warmest Color episode and uh, you know the things we've done along the way, cutting room floor notes, all that shit Julio mentioned already, and also our epic coverage of the Rock Cena rivalry from 2012 Uh, that's not just For wrestling fans, we do a good job of diving into their respective movie careers as well. That's uh, what I like to think is one of the bigger selling points of our patrons, so check it out. Uh, Head on over there, just drop a buck and see uh, what we got and what you like. And if you want more, then there's ways to get more uh, to all of our patrons. We love you all dearly, and as I like to say, into the new year of 2023, we continue to accept applications
0: one final thing that i would like to to pimp about our patron page uh it's the feedback so uh, if you actually go to our patron page you don't just get the feed on your podcatcher uh you get to see people comment on the things that we post and sometimes Correct us or, or enlighten us, uh, such as patron John Amenta, who commented on our Black Christmas episode. Alex, do you remember we were talking about Margot Kidder and you were like, you were talking about a, a, a Superman TV show. And I said, no, she's from the from the movies. And uh-huh. I told you, I don't think that there was a TV show until we got the Dean Cain, Terry Hatcher show. And then John wrote to let us know that there was a Superboy, a Superboy TV show before any of that. Oh, and wow. He's like, Alex was probably thinking of that. And I responded, I'm pretty sure Alex wasn't thinking of that. <laughs> I'm sure Alex didn't know what he was referencing. Do you remember watching a Super Void TV show?
1: What? When would that have been? I knew there was something on TV before Terry Hatcher. And, and like not the fucking serial from way back in the day.
0: Right. See, okay. So you were right and I was wrong. That's that's what it boils down to. Thank you, John, for shaming me <laughs> in front of all the patrons. <laughs>
1: Looks like it ran from 88 to 92, so it would have been in syndication during my childhood. So that makes sense. That's likely what I'm thinking of.
0: There you go. Mystery cleared. Either way, Margot Kidder is still awesome Black Christmas. Uh, For more on that, listen to our Black Christmas episode.
1: It's an awesome (laughs) movie.
0: And now we can go into real talk.
1: These dysreflexia seizures are occurring more frequently. Build up a fluid in my spine is a degenerative condition. We both know I'm waiting for the seizure that's going to make me a vegetable. So, The Bone Collector was released on November 5th of 1999, directed by Philip Noyce, written by Jeremy uh, Iacon, Iacon? and based on The Bone Collector by Jeffrey Deaver. It's a movie uh, (laughs) that had a budget of nearly $50 million. This movie made $150 million, Julio. I couldn't believe that when I read that, but then it's like, yep, late 90s, Denzel Washington, holiday season, crime thriller, of course, $150 million, no problem. Ed O'Neill. Would it make
0: $150 today?
1: It would make $150. You mean $150 million? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Uh, Probably not, no.
0: Same cast, same release date.
1: You got to be something, man. You can't just be having fun movie anymore you gotta you gotta have an agenda or you gotta be James Cameron it's uh (laughs) and by agenda I mean you gotta you know have to be an event well as we learned Angelina Jolie wasn't quite the superstar that I thought she was at the time which makes this a whole lot more interesting uh Girl Interrupted would come out the next month and she would go on to win the Academy Award for that and uh yeah I mean joking aside this movie's very fucking by the books paint by numbers type shit but one hundred fifty million dollars at the box office makes perfect sense. Twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So before we get into our feelings, twenty eight percent of those accrued reviews were positive about this. What uh, in favor of the Bone Collector? What were critics saying?
0: All right, fresh quotes now. Uh, we're going to start with Harvey S. Carton from CompuServe, who says, The bone collector is gripping, and Miss Jolie, for all her tentativeness in the acting department, is pleasant on the eyes. Harvey, come on. Yes, she is very attractive, but she's also a good actress. Do you think and, Do you think she's good at this like one? A,
1: of all the movies to pick Angelina Jolie as like a sex icon, this
0: one. She has... Two scenes where she is not just dressed as as a cop, <laughs> right? Like the the opening with uh, with Caravale and then the Christmas party at the end. But yeah, well, but none of none
1: of this is like fucking scorching hot Angelina Jolie. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, tell that to Harvey S. Carton. Next, Lisa Schwarzbaum from Entertainment Weekly says Philip Noyes creates an effectively shadowy, decrepit Gotham. Gotham City. Uh. (laughs) Philip Noyce to direct the Batman sequel. And finally, Frederick and Marianne Broussat from Spirituality and Practice say a thriller that also manages to focus on the art of mentoring. The art of mentoring Alex. The whiplash connection. This is real talk. Let's get this out of the way right away. Is Denzel out of line with the way he treats Angelina and people in general in this movie?
1: Uh, I don't. Uh, in like principle, no, this movie is just very like, <laughs> I, I know writers that are subtle and they are cowards, you know, that name, that's what <laughs> this movie's nothing in this movie is subtle. So I'm not saying it's bad, uh, to be clear, but yeah, obviously Denzel's character is way into the realm of like, I know what I'm talking about and you don't, so you should, you know, uh, adapt to what I'm telling you to do. But I think in principle, the idea of it is much like Whiplash. It obviously pays off. And and to be clear, again, Whiplash is a far superior film. (laughs) At no point in this, and I didn't even come close to thinking of like, there was no real point in this just based on its tone where I was like, yeah, I could see how people might be upset by this or interpret it a certain way. Whereas when we watched Whiplash, you know, the whole time, I was like, yeah, I could see how someone might uh, have a different read on this, that type of thing. So
0: Yeah, I I didn't think that people would be conflicted about it i if anything i was just like angelina should be more upset i wanted her to be more upset not necessarily the audience but her character to just go excuse me you went digging through my files (laughs) (laughs) who the hell do you think you are to bring up my father's suicide and just psychoanalyze me in five minutes and then
1: she takes the straw from the juice and moves it just outside of like his reach (laughs)
0: Yes, and the entire time, uh, Queen Latifah's just watching from the corner, nodding. (laughs) You tell him, girl.
1: I think it's fair to say this movie did well and had a... uh, Looks like it had a pretty strong hold on the market there for a little bit. The weekend it was released was up against The Bachelor and The Insider. And then we had uh, Dogma coming out shortly after. Uh, Sleepy Hollow with uh, Christina Ricci and Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. And then all other movies of the holiday season came to a screeching halt on November 24th of 1999, when the Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle End of Days was released. (laughs) But do you know what else was released that day, Julio?
0: 99. Uh, Too soon for the Polar Express, so no.
1: Uh, You're on the the right train of thought there with uh, Tom Hanks' Toy Story 2. (laughs) Oh, there you go, which made over five hundred million dollars and basically just (laughs) every other movie that came out in November and subsequently December just bent over and said, you know, Buzz Lightyear to the rescue (laughs) of the bone collector, though, and this idea. uh, I'm curious your thoughts on it. Do you I think the tone is way too almost like saccharin for the type of movie it is it's such a you know it, it, even i'm trying to like put now i think it's like such a late 90s action movie that's what i think when i watch this but uh it, it, and when i try to put my mindset in the time of november 5th 1999, if i was watching this and have the same like analytical lens that i do now do you think you'd be upset by this thing of Denzel, like kind of pushing? Or I don't feel this movie at any point, no matter what period of time I was watching, and it, it comes close to being serious enough for me to be upset by that.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> 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 it's, it, well, it, this movie doesn't, it's just, I, I don't want to say by the numbers because that's just, that's a little too harsh, but it's not doing anything. New, like the thing with Whiplash, the 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 reason it's an actual talking point with Whiplash is because that's what the movie is about. That you know, it builds on that conflict and it constantly pushes the boundaries of what you expect Fletcher to do and how you expect uh, Miles Teller to respond and so on. This is just you know, I think two scenes of Denzel and Jennifer Jolie kind of clashing over that, and then she gets over it, and then the movie doesn't ever question it. You know, this is not a movie of that that is really interested in making us think, hey, is Denzel in the right? This movie knows that Denzel is in the right from the beginning. <laughs> that it's just a matter of Angelina Jolie kind of like catching up to him. It, so th- there's no real, there's no meat in those bones. You, you know, what's there is good performances. And so that's good. I mean, that's the, the biggest asset this movie has Is that, you know, it has Denzel Washington, Angela Jolie, and then all those all-stars in the background. Leland Erser included. (laughs) Well, I think it's time to set the record straight, Mr. Ryan. I'm trying to remember, I've been trying to remember for like an hour now. When was it that I brought up Seven? If it was an episode on the main feed, or if it was something on Patreon, or maybe we were just talking off mic. But just that idea that if you've seen Seven, or if you saw Seven in the window when we saw it uh, movies that are kind of like seven very rarely rise up to that standard that seven yeah. sets. And this is one of those, you know, it's trying to be kind of like dark and fucked up, but in the end, it's just, it It can't commit to the darkness that seven commits to. And so I, I love Louis Guzman, you know, but, but he's there to be funny and to lighten things up. And Queen Latifah is there to, you know, the fact that she gets killed at the end should be horrifying But the movie kind of kills her for the shock of it, and then it's not addressed at all. You know, like I would have expected them to. to, Oh, she's a big character in the movie. The
1: biggest, like, what in the movie is when they figure out like the last murder, and they're like, "Is he going to kill a cop?" He did like three scenes earlier, like. this poor cop (laughs) pulled him over and got shot through the chest and just died on the street. And it's just, but you know, it's exactly what you're saying. It's just by the numbers, by the books, you know, it's, uh, it doesn't try to do anything. There's no risks taken, I guess should be the, the best way to put that. And that's fine. This, this was in a time where, you know, our patrons know we just went on a big tangent about like movies now being released and whatnot, but it's, uh, this was at a time where there were enough movies being made that you could get away with not taking any risks. And as long as you had a story that wraps up simply in the end and has a little bit of romance and some big names in it, you can get away with it. And that's what this is. It's not a great film by any stretch, but it's just it is what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just want to go and have a good time for like 90 minutes, 100 minutes at the movie theater. This this will do the trick. And I think that at that time, you know, in 1999, That was enough, Uh, whereas now we're used to, uh, I think that we've been conditioned to, it has to be, it it doesn't even have to be, like, meaning-wise, it doesn't have to be about something, you know, it it doesn't have to be philosophical, but it still has to be, has to feel like, like it's a building block to something bigger, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) this would be just part one of a five-part story about, what's his name, Lincoln... Lincoln Rhymes, that's the name, yeah. yeah. Uh, instead of just the standalone kind of just serviceable thriller. <laughs> so now this would be something that would be direct to streaming and not really get like, if it got a theatrical release, we'd be like, what, why? It's just kind of <laughs> underwhelming. But but if you put it, it you know, in 99, I mean, I guess it's still, some of the things that it was doing might've been shocking enough that you would, you know, because it can get pretty gruesome. There's some, some moments that are just I could see how they could be disturbing enough that you would say, yeah, this justifies the fact that i'm I'm taking time out of my day to watch it. like really give it my full attention, you know, I saw that woman get cooked by the or at least I heard that woman get cooked by the by the steam and I saw that guy get eaten by the rats and that's that's right. and you know, Denzel and Angelina are hot and Al Bundy is there. You were right pop. about that
1: scene too that it, it's made a lot better by the fact that. You don't see, you just kind of hear it play out and you see like the faces of terror and reaction. It's one of the more restrained and kind of well pulled off scenes in the movie.
0: Is this better directed than Sliver?
1: E- yes. I mean it's a better movie in every capacity, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> it's not as uh, titillating though, as Sliver.
1: Well, I was just, I was reading here in my research that Angelina Jolie said in interviews that she shot nude scenes for the movie. So what? Philip Noyce couldn't help himself, but he eventually cut them, <laughs> feeling that they distracted from the story. And it's like, yeah, why would she <laughs> need to be naked at any part in this movie?
0: Was it just the? Oh, yeah. I guess there's no way of knowing, you know. Was it just like a gratuitous? Oh, she goes and takes a shower, or or was she actually? Do we get to see her have sex with Cannavale?
1: Probably both. <laughs> Con of Bali was just like all right i'm in <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is uh,
1: fucking awesome though this thing right here to confuse audiences and increase tension michael rooker played the masked killer in several scenes i think that's awesome there you go that's that's how you do it and then in the spoiler section on imdb it says the identity of the killer can be seen in the news clippings in the opening montage. You were just paying really good attention.
0: Well, not enough because I didn't see Leland Urser on the clippings. I just saw the, you know, the headline. So, I was halfway there.
1: That was such a like okay, the least interesting person's the killer type thing.
0: But maybe, I don't know. I mean, you're uh, you love very bad things. So, doesn't that make you more sensitive to uh just appreciating Leland Urser, getting his big shot here?
1: I I guess. I, he's like the, I don't want to say most forgettable, but a, a, anyway, it was just <laughs> like, it's the least sexy choice in this. The reason he gives is valid, and I really do like the little scrum the, that him and Denzel get into, but uh, it was just kind of like, all right, I would rather like, Queen Latifah been the killer or something it, it would have been <laughs> a little bit more fun than Whitey over here who's just been quiet the whole movie Bobby kind of if I can't have a no one can <laughs>
0: I was not kidding in Contreras Corner I did geek out when I saw Mike McGlon show up
1: yeah who, who's this guy I couldn't tell if you were doing a bit or not I I honestly don't know this guy
0: he, so he is in uh, almost every Edward Burns movie. You know, Ed Burns, he's uh, a, yeah. he's one of the soldiers in saving Pride Ryan. He's done. So he's written and directed a bunch of indie movies. And uh, Mike McGlone is in at least three of them, maybe more. And, uh, but they're independent movies. You know, this is just like, they know each other they, I don't know if they're childhood friends or they're just friends from film school or whatever. And then he's, it's not like I've never seen Mike McGlone in a, a movie that was not an Edward Burns movie. And I did not know that he was in this, which is a, a, kind of a high-profile release, you know, Denzel Washington Lee, and Jolie. Uh, and so he is there, and I think he does well, considering, you know, it's not like you can point at him and go like, oh, this dude's out of his depth, you know? <laughs> when he doesn't have Edward Burns holding his hand, he's just, he doesn't know. he's starstruck struck by Ed O'Neill's fame. Uh, I, I think that he's fine. I, I kept waiting because... You know, I was kind of, like, afraid that he was going to fuck up. I was like, oh, man, is he going to show that he's not as seasoned as all these other people? But no, I mean, his character does nothing. (laughs) I guess he just... Why do you think he's there? Is it just... You said this was adapted from a book, right? Do you think it's just because that character was in the book and so they felt the need to put him in the the movie? Because he, he doesn't really do anything. Or is he there to be a suspect?
1: Yeah, I kind of got the feeling he was there to be, like, a red herring, but about halfway through you see he cares too
0: much to really be the killer um i don't know i mean i don't know how they justified his existence but i i was glad that he was there uh, just because i know him from those other movies i was like that's cool he's, he's doing his thing there he's being a cop
1: for whatever it's worth i thought what you did today was pretty damn terrific
0: but I that actually reminds me that I I felt like this movie, so I want to say that it has too many characters, uh-huh. uh huh, and maybe that is to its detriment. I I like everybody there, you know. I like Louis Guzman and uh,
1: Luis Guzman's great.
0: He's yeah, he's he's so good. But there was, I mean, I don't know. I, I wasn't I wasn't uh, kidding all the way when I said that there was. There was a version of this movie that would just be Denzel and Queen Latifah doing the sleuthing. Um I guess that's more like rear window, where it's yeah. just it's not yeah. this big sprawling operation, but it's just two people trying to figure it out. But but that's just because I felt that so many of these characters kind of play the same role. And so like I almost I guess you need Ed O'Neill, because you need somebody that's the person that's going to assist him. But at the same time, if you have Ed O'Neill, technically, like I think that you only need one cop to help him, one one cop to help Denzel and one cop to be against him. So you need Rooker and Ed O'Neill or Rooker and Angelina Jolie. Uh, as far as, you know, big names with parts that are fleshed out, everybody else, you know, they can go down to like one, two lines. Maybe you beef them up a little bit for flavor, but, uh, uh-huh. It just felt like, man, it's like name after name after name after name, but they don't really like they're there and they're fun to look at, but they don't really add up to much. So I I don't know. It's if they made more of our impression, then maybe the movie overall would rank higher with me. But I, I just felt like you have such a good cast and they're they're just kind of a s you know, background characters. <laughs> maybe condense them and you can spend more time doing doing cool stuff you know it's like do you need do you need queen latifah if you're already gonna have Angelo Jolie? I, I don't know i think that there's more a more economical way of telling this story but of course it's it's less less hollywood okay, like how do you feel about rear window i mean i i, I guess that's that's a fair comparison
1: do you mean compared to this, or like
0: right? Because it's, it's a different approach, but it's it's kind of like the same type of story, right? You have the the one guy that's, let's say, the brains of the operation, and but he's limited physically. You know, there's only so much he can do, and so he employs other people to go and and explore, investigate for him, and then they report back to him, and he starts piecing things together. And uh, well, here the difference is that Denzel has you know, an army of people working for him. And, uh, you know, that last quote said, this movie is about mentoring. And yeah, there's a little bit of mentoring here, but there's so much stuff going on, so many characters of your in that you're servicing that the mentoring, I think, kind of, is not really about that, you know? <laughs> Two scenes that are about that, maybe.
1: Oh, yeah. Th- I mean, this is classic turn of the millennium fucking uh, movies of, like, Uh, it's just very, very simple, straightforward. And then in the end, we're going to act like it was about something bigger than that. And that's fine. You know, that I would argue we are missing a lot of movies like this, but there's nothing past surface level in this. And, you know, Rear Window is a movie about like, uh, internal struggle and strife and, you know, fear and, um, you know, questioning oneself and actions and shit. Hitchcock movies go a lot deeper than people give him credit for But, um, this is just kind of like, it's watching MTV, man. It's watching, (laughs) watching a few music videos and, you know, seeing what happens. And, you know, this is close to the death rattle of like that idea of stylized content. Like I always think of victory, which is an incredible song by Biggie and, Uh, Puff, And I think Buster rhymes is on it too. And that music video was like a movie. Like it was like Mm -hmm. nine minutes long and it was acted out and that's, you know, there's a good, a good part of that or a good way to do that where it's a movie kind of like this, which, you know, this probably no better than a C plus movie where it's just kind of stylized. I'm watching this. It looks cool and the people look cool. And, uh, the result I'm getting satisfying, you know, that's fine. And, you know, that line I always said about natural born killers being a two hour music video, that's like the bad way to do it. In a movie like this, and there's other examples, this is a, a completely serviceable and passable way to do it. I think
0: it's been years since our natural born killers discussion, but I, I think that for all its missteps, I think it's at least trying to say something. So I will yes, no, cut it some yeah, slack.
1: Don't get me wrong. That that movie's failings are in different places. It, it's obviously trying to do a fuck ton more than the bone collector is, but
0: <laughs> but, but you know what? Maybe this is what really bothers me. Why I'm having trouble just accepting that the Bone Collector is just a movie that's meant to be enjoyed with your brain at, you know, half heat or low heat. And that is that it opens with Denzel Washington talking to his friend about euthanasia. And it's like, he's a really good actor. Uh And the other, the other dude is, is, is doing fine too. And so it's just, that sets up a premise that is so compelling. You know, this guy that's has decided that he's, he's had enough and his friend saying, okay, well at least give me a few days to prepare for this. And then, it's almost like from one scene to the other, right? like he's he's very despondent about even the idea of helping Ed O'Neill with this investigation. And then at some point he just kind of he has a seizure and then he becomes interested in the in the photographs. And then it's like, all right, I'm back. <laughs> and and that's it. you know they okay, that's not true. They have he has that conversation with Angelina Jolie where she she brings it up. And then he says, cop to cop, we don't talk about this, or I don't want to talk about that. And I thought that that was cool. But there's not, you know, I want that through line to really take me somewhere. And I guess I'm having a hard time buying that the experiences that happened in the movie The Bone Collector were enough to bring uh, Denzel Washington to a place where he's just ready to celebrate Christmas at the end of the year. (laughs) <laughs> he looks like a brand new man. And, but it's unfair of me, right? Because I'm just, I'm putting way too high expectations on this movie. It's almost like by accident, they were a little too good at that opening scene. <laughs> and, and now I'm just like judging, judging them for that instead of the movie that we're actually making.
1: So it's like one of those things of very 90s stakes, you know, and, and I no one loves Titanic more than I do, but like I always talked about in that episode, and I always still talk about the these fuckers know each other for twelve hours, maybe. Like that type of thing. <laughs> and that's this that's just like this movie too. Like you set these impossible stakes with this, and it's like at the beginning of this movie, this guy was asking someone to kill him. And yep. it's it's uh the the tone it goes all over the place and it's it's uh it sets a very strange set of stakes and circumstances that now that's the problem. Like movies need to be like this from time to time. You can't make every movie like this, (laughs) but they need to be silly and they need to be so ridiculous. If you, if you made a movie, like if a movie like this got a theatrical release today, and again, we're talking 28%. So this wasn't a movie that was widely heralded, but like this would get like crucified. Like the idea that, well, in the beginning he was threatening suicide and then it just went away. (laughs) <laughs> it's like yes I understand your gripe with that but sometimes movies kind of need to be this um, and you know this did break my 90 minute rule but honestly when I was thinking about it wasn't really much you could cut out and not much seemed completely unnecessary maybe if I went through with a fine tooth comb I could find 10 or 15 minutes you could eke
0: out but um, yeah, I, so you I, I'm pretty sure we disagree here do you think it would be a better movie if uh, they remove the the sort of hinted at romance between Denzel and Angelina? Cuz I think it would be.
1: Yeah, like I think it works better if they're friends afterwards. Like mm-hmm. like like a legit mentor, you know, pupil type relationship cuz it's like they don't spend it, uh, the movie to make any type of romance work. The movie would have to be like at least another half hour or longer to like establish like why they like each other other than just, oh, they locked eyes and they're they're too <laughs> they're too hot people. So they should be together. That type of yeah. thing. <laughs> and, Let them
0: have dinner together at least share share that juice.
1: And so, you know, I guess I would cut out the scene where they do that long like longing <laughs> eye contact because even if you keep the ending the way it is if you cut that scene out that introduces like oh they're you know they got the hots for each other that ending could just be like you know she grabs his hand or holds his hand as like a thank you and like a merry christmas type thing so i i guess what i would do is cut out that scene we're talking about and then keep the rest of the movie the way it is because obviously that shortens it a little bit and then doesn't unnecessarily introduce this romance idea
0: you gotta cut also the the beginning of the other scene where she is—he's sleeping and she starts touching him, and then he goes. You know, it's a crime oh, to yeah, molest. No. Has <laughs> laws against molesting the handicapped, you know.
1: Such a fucking <laughs> weird line, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you said Philip Noyes can't help himself.
1: No, nope, he just can't.
0: Well, that's all right. I mean, it's still so you would say this is a step up from uh, Sliver. I guess I'll- I agree with that. <laughs>
1: All right. uh, This is much better than Sliver.
0: Yeah. I mean I I get I I just have fond memories of Sliver just because it's so it was so entertaining. Yeah, we had a
1: yeah, that's I was about to say don't confuse having a really fun recording (laughs) session with something being good, because that was not a good movie.
0: But even watching it because I guess I never felt like I had to take Sliver seriously. Uh this movie, I, I I thought I had to, you know, and, and so when you're taking it seriously and, and you should, you know, there's a child in peril at some point and, uh, it, it, there's, you know, then it's a little harder to, to just relax and make fun of it. It's fine. I mean, you know, I, I look at this movie and I think of all those other kind of late nineties thrillers that I've never watched, but they always kind of blur into the same movie. Uh, Hasn't Morgan Freeman done at least a couple of those? What is it? Kiss the Girls? Uh, Along Came a Spider? It's always, you know, there's a cop and then there's an attractive woman and they seem to be in charge of an investigation. (laughs) So to me, this one was kind of like more of the same, except that it was, uh, you know, the the thing that makes this one stand out is that one of them can't move. But it is that, that, that I, I wonder how I would feel watching, you know, one of those others. I think Ashley Judd is in like a couple of those '90s thrillers, and I mean, I like them. I, I like her as an actress. I, I like Morgan Freeman. Would I be as underwhelmed? <laughs> I don't know.
1: I I just there's there's elements of this that I want so badly, and like the whole Luis Guzman character is something I just want back. Like not doesn't have to be Luis guzman but the idea like just a little shit of like he works in new york city but he's got a chicago hat on and he's got that earring and you know he's really quippy and he has these things to say without beating you over the head with it that type of thing it's just fine it's an easy way to pass the time it's not a good movie and it's not uh, it definitely doesn't belong in the the upper tier of films that we've covered here, but it's like this is a perfectly serviceable way to watch, like experience a movie, is just watching this and be like, all right, it's over, all right, goodbye, that type of thing.
0: Does this make you curious about the TV show? No. <laughs> <laughs> How do you stretch this story into a TV show? I, I was trying to figure that out earlier today, and I was wondering, is it just that they have... The big mystery of the bone collector run through the entire season and then every episode there's also like uh kind of like a case of the week. I'm know?
1: not sure if it's like flushed out. So it's appropriate you brought up seven. I was kind of saving this as like the wind down. But uh, Philip Noyce uh, did not uh really like this movie. Uh, he didn't what? enjoy th- the final product. In the wake of seven, every studio wanted a copycat serial killer film on their books, which is kind of what you were making allusion to earlier. He felt that he was just part of the assembly line by signing on to this film, knowing full well he would never be able to match David Fincher's achievement. And
0: hey, that's that's some good self-awareness.
1: Yeah, that's it's like, okay, well, I'm going to make a horror movie, but it's not going to be as good as Halloween. It's like, all right, that's, <laughs> that's, that's all right, man. You can still try to make a really good, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or some shit like that. Uh, (laughs) So I I just thought that was kind of interesting. But um, yeah, I don't. This story seems pretty compact. Uh, Lincoln Rhyme Hunt for the Bone Collector, which ran from January 10th of 2020 to March 13th. So it looks like it's just one season. But uh, no, I don't have much interest in visiting this.
0: It's like, once you've seen Denzel play Lincoln Rhyme, why would you want to see anybody else?
1: I mean, honestly, that's like the watching this movie in 2023. now. Jesus is. uh, It's kind of like it's not a novelty, I would say, but like trying to view it as like a Denzel performance is like it's the movie where he plays a quadriplegic. And this is interesting to watch and see how he kind of reacts to everything going on, that type of thing it is what it is the movie poster is one of the most late 90s things I've ever seen uh, <laughs> you know the two faces in the top with the the, the names and then you know uh, kind of middle center there's like the action going on and then the bottom is the name of the movie it's
0: dude like look it up look up the poster for Along Came a Spider
1: well this poster looks like the one for fucking Double Jeopardy too
0: uh, and then the poster for Kiss the Girls <laughs> they're all the same
1: oh yeah that's well dude fucking along came a spider has the broken glass that that's even bigger it's you know over morgan (laughs) freeman's face and then double jeopardy oh man double jeopardy's got the knife in between them oh it's so good (laughs) see this is when i say it used to be better this is what i mean when we had just like these phases we went through with fucking movie posters now there aren't movie posters
0: Kiss the Girls has like a flame flame that looks like a face.
1: Oh dude, Kiss the Girls is the Double Jeopardy poster. Look up Double Jeopardy. <laughs> it's the same fucking thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they definitely let you know who's in the movie.
1: Was uh <laughs> it was a blessed time period, I guess, depending on your prerogative, but it was a simpler time, Julio.
0: Look up one more, Alex. It's uh called She's the One. Which could have easily been our Cameron Diaz pick for next episode.
1: From what year? Ninety-six. Oh, the poster with everybody on it? And then yeah. Cam- okay. Yeah, you got the happy people and the one person that's like, Well, I don't know about this. Yeah.
0: Yep. And on the far right, there's there's my boy, Mike McLunn.
1: There he is. It's like, I'm gonna be in a movie
0: with Denzel Washington soon
1: oh man so this like the adaptation of that poster in the mid2000s or it might have been early 2010s was it was like that you had the characters uh making all the kind of different faces and whatnot but it was uh something borrowed and um he's just not that into you where they would be like squares like it was like, <laughs> the Brady bunch yep. type shit. And then it would be like different characters. And then like random squares would have like flowers in it or some shit. Oh man.
0: I'm looking at this. Something borrowed. one now,
1: Dude. It's exactly that, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to do something borrowed one day. Cause that's Julio myself and his wife screen that movie together. And that is a special <laughs> kind of terrible movie. Uh <laughs> But yep. I guess that's bringing it back for our patrons, back to Kate Hudson, because she has like whatever the opposite of an Oscar scene is. She has in that
0: movie. <laughs> she has a Razzis clip.
1: She does. Hillary Swank was a producer on that movie. Why not?
0: All right, so so where do you land ultimately, The Bone Collector? What what does it get?
1: It gets a C plus. It's again, it, it's kind of like it was fun to watch in the sense of a time capsule type thing. But again, at the end of the day, what we're doing is watching movies and judging them for where they stand on their own merit. And this is it's OK. It I don't want to say predictable because, again, LOL, Leland Orser at the end type thing. <laughs> it doesn't overachieve, but it doesn't try to. And there's not necessarily something wrong with that. If this movie had been 10 minutes longer. I could have possibly started to get annoyed with it but where it landed i'm fine with it i don't think i'm ever going to be motivated to watch it again but it's not a movie that i would outright say is like bad or trash so i give it a c plus what about yourself
0: i'm gonna give it two stars it feels harsh because i had a good time watching it but it's their movies are similar there are other seven clones that do i think either a better job at being seven clones or at least they they swing for the fences a little harder and so this is this was just there. it's it's blessed with a cast that um, not so much elevates the material but makes it makes it watchable. you know, it's like it's what you said. It, really, the novelty is just seeing Denzel Washington playing, you know, this character. and Jolie at the beginning of her career and and then all those other actors in the background doing things. So, but that novelty, you know, it only happens once.
1: <laughs> and it only carries you. So- yeah, exactly. It's, I guess that's the whole point. It carries you so far. And also when you've seen the movie, it's like, why am I going to watch this again?
0: Yeah, I, I will recommend everybody watch. Uh, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. or But the, the Leland Erser monologue where he explains his backstory and and why he hates Denzel Washington so much, that is worth watching. Yeah, but that's not enough to make it a good movie. So, yeah, two stars.
1: Excuse me, Mr. Run, Kenneth Solomon. I've read all your books. I've seen the crime at least a dozen times. It's great to actually meet you. What do you find, these guys, Paulie? All right, Julio. That is the Bone Collector. What is on deck next?
0: Uh, coming up next, we continue paying off for debt. We we move on to the next head on, the, on Mount Rushmore asterisk and this is the asterisk itself we're gonna go into the cameron diaz entry and it is the movie being john malkovich which uh like i mentioned earlier is a cameron diaz movie it's not a cameron diaz vehicle uh would you call that an ensemble yeah
1: i think that's fair despite the fact that john malkovich's name is in the title
0: (laughs) yeah but it's like if i were to call it in anybody's vehicle, it would be a John Cusack vehicle. But really, it's like him, yeah. Catherine Keener, Cameron Diaz, John Malkovich. Go. Uh, so That's a fresh movie, so we'll be trashing it in Katrina's Corner, and then we'll we'll talk about it in, uh, in real talk for real. Uh, I don't think we've ever discussed uh, being John Malkovich, Alex. We've talked about Spike Jonze. Uh, we definitely talked about Spike Johns in uh, Moneyball, but... Uh, that we did, Yeah, But not not his. Not so much about his movies. So, I look forward to that conversation. I own the Criterion. Do you own Being John Malkovich?
1: My God, fancy! No, uh, I do not. I'll have to find where to watch this online.
0: Well, I'll I'll try to make time to read the essay uh, by Noah Bomba. <laughs> I'll see if I can bring some extra criterion insight. Uh, but that's it. That's that's coming up next. Uh, being John Malkovich. Watch it.
1: All right, Julio. Well, that was the Bone Collector. Being John Malkovich is on deck, and I think that's uh, going to carry us out of here, so we'll move on to perennial plugs. Start off by giving a thanks to the Festive Years who provide our opening and closing tracks. They kick us off with Last Stand, take us home with Summer of 99. Be sure to head over to thefestiveyears.com for any and all Festive Years needs.
0: Our friend and fellow podcaster Hans roth he's is the man behind our logo, behind all the drawings, all the graphics on our webpage, our Patreon page, our merch page. That little tomato looking himself in the mirror in all its different iterations that came from the mind of Hans. So if you like it and if you want to check out more of his art, his work, check out uh, Mildemonios.pe. That's his website. M-I-L-D-M-O-N-I-O-S.pe. You can reach out to him on Twitter at Mildemonios. Email him Mildemonios at hotmail.com. Just tell him that uh, you like his work, that you would like him to draw something for you. Or you can tell him that you've listened to his podcasts. He has two of them, Nacion Combi, which is about Peruvian current affairs, and Marginal, which is about economy. Hans, thank you for all your support.
1: And for any and all pro wrestling needs, you can head over to latenightgrin.com. The boys over at The Late Night Grin uh, continue to do premier work in the realm of pro wrestling podcasting, occasionally covering movies as well. Absolutely exhausted wrapping up this episode after uh, myself and the boys on The Grin did our live coverage of Wrestle Kingdom last night, the premier Japanese wrestling event. Um, So that's up right now on their Patreon as well, but be sure to go to their website, check out their Twitter account, Instagram, YouTube, all that good shit. Uh, They're friends of ours. uh, They continue to spread the word of our podcast, so we want to do the same for them. Speaking of continuing to spread the word of our podcast, that comes directly from the work of Ms. Zoe Perez, who puts in the effort to make uh, our social media look as pretty as possible so instagram at contrarian prime youtube.com slash at contrarian prime facebook.com slash contrarian prime all your social media needs can be found and zoe continues to put together graphics videos uh, audio clips sometimes on our instagram account little interactive graphics all that fun stuff makes it look real real good and professional better than julia and i could so zoe we appreciate the work that you do for us And we appreciate you, our listeners, for making it to the end of yet another episode with us here on The Contrarians, where we're right and you're wrong, and we'll catch you next time.